Oh, am I starting this one? Yes, this is okay. a... A Wednesday. Yep. Are we just all talking like this? <laughs> yes. Well, the episode song. feel really long. <laughs> I changed oh, into a linen suit. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's okay because you're joking. Uh, <laughs> Yes, I would like to apologize for any of our listeners who own linen suits that I alienated in Monday's episode. <laughs> or our listeners from L.A. Well, shouldn't they be apologizing to you? <laughs> That's Ooh, cold. East Coast bias. <laughs> <laughs> Growler Media presents Joe vs. the Minute. Welcome back to Joe vs. the Minute, the Movies by Minute podcast taking you to the volcano, which is our code for analyzing the movie Joe vs. the Volcano one minute at a time. This is Wednesday. We usually give Wednesday wisdom, but we might have dispersed all our wisdom on Monday's episode. We're reconvening today, and we consist of myself, Tierney Steele. Myself, Jarf. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do the myself thing. It's just... <laughs> I saw where it was going, and I want to I want to get in and take it in another direction. So, hey, everybody, this is Brad from the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast. It's a good direction. Good call. I respect it. Today, we're here to talk about Minute 50 of Joe vs. the Volcano, which begins with, just going to clutch my heart with happiness and joy, Joe encouraging Angelica to do something she's afraid of doing instead of killing herself, and it ends with Joe getting honest and personal about his troubles. So, Tierney... I, I need your opinion. How good does Tom Hanks look in this scene? Because you forget that he was a, a romantic leading man, even though he was never portrayed as a sex symbol. But he looks really good, especially the way he looked at the beginning of the movie with, uh, you know, he's cleaned up, got a good haircut, dressing nice. And you forget, he, he handsome guy. I'm not really a fan of the look for this date. I gotta be honest. He's gonna look fantastic in other parts of this movie, but the, like, mock turtleneck, I don't think is really doing any thing but he's fine well we're no longer in a turtleneck era so that look that does look dated it looks very dated and it's very much like the turtleneck is the same width as the neck which is the same width as the chin and head like everything is very cylindrical i guess you make him sound very much like bert from sesame street which is someone who watches a lot more Sesame Street now that she has a toddler than she did even just a year ago. I am coming to really enjoy the Bert and Ernie dynamic. Anytime it's like Bert and Ernie in their house, I'm like, yes, this is going to be good. I, I've gone from evaluating SNL to Sesame Street. That is a leap that you make if you become a parent. <laughs> hey, it's in fairness, <laughs> both the programs that have featured Kermit the Frog. So no problem with that. It's all good. It all works. <laughs> but I love it. And it's funny because I was talking about he's a little hypocritical. At the end of this minute, he says, you know, I'm very troubled. It looks like he's really starting to think about it. And you kind of, you can see the difference in his physicality when he's talking about her and when he's talking about himself. Like, I think what Tom Hanks is doing, you know, I called out how good his physical acting was back in the factory like the comedic, silent movie almostness of it. But I think here too, there's something very subtle physically being done that is really giving you a lot about Joe. When he is encouraging her to do something brave, he's leaning forward, his eyes light up. He's so happy for her. 
And then the minute he's like, okay, you're angry. I'm going to backtrack. And he's thinking it through. You can see him thinking as he's talking. And you see him start to think about himself in the situation. And he almost shrinks a little bit into that stupid mock turtleneck. Sort of like he's a turtle. turtling into it. Yeah. <laughs> And now we have to reference the only thing anyone remembers about that movie, Turtle, Turtle. Um, <laughs> but I think... Wait, what totally movie? Fine. I don't even remember what the movie is. It's just Dana Carvey as a turtle. and goes, Turtle, Turtle, with his shoulders. Right. Here it comes. Master of Disguise. Thank you. <laughs> that is what you are here for, Brad. <laughs> and here's the thing. I never liked Dana Carvey, but for some reason I know oh. that movie. I never liked Dana Carvey. Well, we really would not have dated in college. <laughs> I'm glad we're friends now. <laughs> but this is definitely wow. the week that the that the that the Birney ship ends. <laughs> oh, that's such a bad name. I know. Oh, right? <laughs> no, no, it'd just be adjusted. It's like, all right, our slacks fiction is just gonna have a lot more hate sex now. <laughs> This conversation just went in a weird way. I'm sorry about that. I have no response to that. (laughs) (laughs) We're not there yet. We're not there yet. (laughs) Save it. (laughs) No, I'm sorry to break it to you, Tierney. We're past there. That was last week. No. I know. No, we get another one, don't we? We get a sad one. No, in the next minute, we have one. We have one. Oh, thank God. Yeah. yeah. That's the one I was thinking of, is the sad... I have no response to that. I, oh. Spoilers for Friday, but okay. yeah. Okay. Uh, but anyway, yeah, no, I am totally biased. I I love this. I mentioned on Monday that, you know, I've had a very, I'm very troubled. Um, <laughs> no, <I can't laughs> nice one. <laughs> I've gone through some times. This movie has meant very different things to me at different times in my life. And I've always, even when I absolutely could not, did not follow this advice, loved this advice of why don't you just do the thing you're scared of doing and i love the way he says it he's like he doesn't say "Eh, if it doesn't work out you can go back to plan a but it's kind of implied in the way he's saying this right like why don't you just do the thing you're scared of doing what's the worst that could happen (laughs) (laughs) and you know this is once again joe really not being qualified to give advice in this situation and in this episode, Joe is a therapist, and he should not be. He should not be a therapist. And I'll add a little asterisk here. Therapy works. We support seeking help with your mental health, as we've said before. So mm-hmm. I just want to underscore that. And yes, Joe is doing... He, he's making an honest effort. He's doing a very bad job. But you mentioned how his his eyes light up and he really is engaged when he's talking about her struggles. So I think it is, again, that projection. This is what he wants someone to say to him. He wants someone to give him that push to do the things that he is scared to do. So I think that's why he's so animated when he's giving the advice. And I just want to say, I in Joe is therapist minute, I think, A, this is what happens when you use your friends as therapists. It's a bad idea. It's not fair on either of you. Because while you may have a friend who's a licensed therapist, like statistically, probably not all of them are. (laughs) And I think we all do this at some point in our lives. We all like 
I hate to say, kind of dump on our friends our problems and are like, please fix me. And our friends are like, all right, well, I'm going to do the best I can because I like you as a person. But here's my advice, shrug. Um, but, but B, I love that she also has the reaction that you tend to have to a therapist when they confront you with things you don't want to talk about. I, I was talking to a friend I have been in therapy for a couple years now. She has been in therapy for almost a decade now. And I said, I think I need to find a new therapist. Like, I just leave every session being mad at her. Like, I just feel like we're not like she doesn't understand anymore. And she's saying things. And I don't even know if I agree with her. And Emily started laughing. And she's like, ah, you're having a breakthrough. Good on you. Like, the first time you really, like, fight with your therapist, you're on to (laughs) something. And I think the fact that she gets mad at Joe is kind of a thing of that, of like, he says, you know exactly what you want to do. And she's like, ah, let's stop this conversation. <laughs> well, you know, that's not the first time I've heard that before. I've had um, other friends who've been through therapy and they've talked about having that moment where they just get mad at their therapist and start yelling. Is like, uh, And one friend in particular said, it's like, I've been talking to you for however many weeks and you don't tell me anything. What should I do? And he's, and that was the point where the therapist finally said, okay, now you're ready to – you're now desperate for my opinion, which means you're ready for me to give you the opinion. <laughs> Oh, my therapist won't give me her opinion. It's very annoying. (laughs) (laughs) I have inferred her opinion, but... (laughs) You're not there yet, Tony. You still haven't grabbed the... uh, Grasshopper still hasn't grabbed the pebble out of the master's hand. My favorite is when I tell her, like, well, you're just telling me the same things over and over again. And she's like, well, maybe if you did them, I would stop. (laughs) (laughs) Wow! But I am very much a you are telling me things that I know are true, but I don't want to know them person. And so I really am feeling Angelica in this scene where it's like, why don't you do the thing you're afraid of doing? You mean this? Yeah. Why don't you do that? F you. Let's go. (laughs) Done with this date. (laughs) (laughs) Just really getting a lot of windows into Tierney's soul. Jarf, do you think most of uh, those therapy sessions end with Tierney just rolling up her sleeves and cracking her knuckles ready to throw down with her therapist? (laughs) (laughs) I am wearing a t-shirt with a little, like, bird wielding a baseball bat, to be fair, so... (laughs) So your therapist knew what she was in for. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I'm wearing my little mud hens t-shirt. Or as the toddlers at my kid's daycare call it, angry board. (laughs) Angry board. Angry board. <laughs> How do you spell Boyd? Um, I put it, my kid referred to Big Boydy. How did I? Uh, B-W-U-D-I-E, I think. Boydy? <laughs> that, that's what happens when you give your, you have your child get elocution lessons from Cindy Lauper. <laughs> All right, Big Boydy at the Macy's when you went to see the light yep, show. Yep, yep. Awesome. He was very yes. excited to discover a giant eagle statue in the middle of a department store. So it's, good call on going cool. to Macy's in Philly. Did you know they filmed Mannequin there? You know, as we were standing there waiting for Light Show to start, I was like, huh. But I figured it was just the same style. I did not realize I was actually standing on hallowed ground that Andrew <laughs> McCarthy had walked. Standing <laughs> on the hallowed ground of Mannequin, yes. It, probably Philly's finest moment. We uh, did win the Super God, Bowl. It probably but... is our finest moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, okay. There was a bulldog 
mug in that department store. It was adorable. I really need to not look at the spreadsheet because I can see that Brad is art that Jarf is about to type a potential title, and I'm like, nope, nope, <laughs> no good can come of knowing this. <laughs> uh, yes, so we are recording this. In the winter, I took my kid to Philly. We had a fabulous time, and it turns out my kid loves Christmas. So it was like, all right, Jarf, where are their Christmas lights? And they did not disappoint. So we went and saw the little light show that they do in the middle of the Macy's in downtown Philadelphia. Very nice. Yes, if you're not from the area, it's Macy's does a real classic light show with choreographed physical lights in the form of snowmen and Santa and it sets of music and do they still have Julie Andrews oh yeah recording as the narration oh yeah so if you if you want some holiday magic I guess if you're listening to this in loop March around. remember <laughs> loop back around but yeah it, it's it's something special this is a little bit more evergreen I had just finished listening to the episode of Al- clear and vivid with Alan Alda his podcast where he interviewed Julie Andrews and her daughter who wrote a book together and it was all about she was talking about her getting her start in showbiz and traveling and making a home wherever she was and then to go from listening to her on that and then hearing the light show is like Julie Andrews never change like her voice is so beautiful so iconic one of my favorite books as a child was written by Julie Andrews she wrote a children's book Years ago, under the name Julie Edwards, her her, her married name, because she was married to Blake Edwards, called Last of the Really Great Wang Doodles. What? That is an awesome title. What the hell? Yeah, it was a it was a very good, and you know, I, I was I was third fourth grade at this time, so you know, but uh, yeah, I remember. It took place in an imagine a wonderful imagination land, and uh, also with some weird cloning. Uh, subplots. Um, mm. Yeah, uh, great book. I love that. Yeah, last really great Wang Doodles by Julie Edwards. I didn't know she'd written under her maiden name as well. I didn't even look to see what the book is under, but I assume if you look for a book Julie Andrews wrote with her daughter, you're going to be able to find it. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure because she was writing under Julie Edwards because I I, I, uh, I think she was just it was sort of a an off brand. A production of hers and mm. uh and also yeah, probably just was nice for her to write something under her married name so yeah nice. but if she's doing like a an autobiography or a memoir it that makes sense under, yeah. yeah under the most famous name so funny because i that actually does loop me back to this conversation that they're having because when joe says like why don't you do something you're scared of which is kind of funny because I don't know where that came, like that came out of his brain. She didn't bring that up, but whatever. He's not a great therapist. That's fine. Her big thing that she's afraid of doing is basically striking out on her own. Leave LA, leave all the people you were mentioning on Monday. You know, she probably has a bunch of people hanging on because they know she's rich and her dad will bail her out of anything. Uh, leave LA, leave all that behind. Stop taking money from her dad. So do you guys have anything that comes to mind of if someone said, why don't you do the thing you're scared of? That would be your big leap. That's a great, that's a great question. I'm actually pretty good at doing the things that I'm scared of where I think the thing that I've never been fantastic at is I always do it. I've always done it as a half measure. So I wrote a book, which was really cool. But, you know, I went through a small publishing house and I never made a run at trying to be a professional author, which nobody is. 
it, it's it's very hard to do that full time. But I I was happy just writing a book and having the book out there and I have my own copy of the book and not doing the real push to make it. I, I wasn't worried about it being a success. For me, it was just a success having a book published. And same thing with um, I, I do acting. You know, I had friends who just had an amazing amount of courage who moved to LA or moved to New York and tried to do this as a profession. And with me, it never would have occurred to me to try to do that because it, it, it really does take a lot of confidence and a lot of courage to try to do that professionally. And that wasn't where my interest lied. So I'm very good at it. It's like, hey, I like to, I, 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 you know, I can, strum a, I can strum a guitar and like to sing. So I'll go to open mics. Uh, I like to act. So I'll do, uh, once a month, I'll do a dinner theater show or, and stuff like that. I, I don't think I'm scared to do the things that I want to do, but I've never had the conviction to try to make, to make it the center of my life. And which, you know, uh, honestly, for a lot of those things, I don't, the drive I don't have. And in some cases, I don't have the talent to do it at a major league level. Yeah. And I think there is kind of, there is a value to knowing that you don't have the talent to do it at a major league level. And then if you decide that you're fine grinding it out in the minor leagues and that will be success for you, you could still do that. But like, I do think... Because there's nothing worse than someone who's grinding out in the minor league convinced that they should be in the major leagues and they're not, you know, something unfair is happening to keep them from doing it where it's like, no, just not, not everyone can do You have to figure out what your success looks like, if that makes sense. Like, not everyone is going to be Julie Andrews. That doesn't mean you can't succeed. You just need to figure out what your version of being Julie Andrews looks like. Well, sure. When you would, um, back when it was the most popular show on TV, American Idol, uh, the auditions would be filled with people who had been told how great they were since they were a fetus. Now, some of the people were obviously untalented to the point where, okay, you're worried about their mental health because how could they think that they are good enough to go to the next level? But what was actually more interesting, I felt, were the people who had middle-of-the-road talent where they were good enough singers that they sounded great in a karaoke bar, they were the best singer in their church choir, and they sounded really good in their high school play. Are you talking but, about Phil Collins right now? <laughs> oh, Phil, I don't understand you. Um, but those people who then they bump into, oh, they're up against like an extremely top-tier talent, and they're just not good enough. And they're never going to be good enough. They just didn't, you know, God didn't touch their uh, vocal cords with a firm enough hand for them to be at, to, to ever get to that point. And that was really fascinating to watch those people all of a sudden realize, oh my God, I'm not good enough. And you're right, it needs to examine their talent. They'd be great in a fronting a bar band or a local group or whatever. And there's no shame in that. Yeah. Oh, I had a friend who got to um, American Idol the round before you end up on television, essentially, but multiple auditions in. And he had been the star of every... We grew up, we lived on the same street growing up. I'd known him since we were three. He had always been the star of every choir we were ever in. He had all the solos. He now, he's the front, he's the lead singer in like a wedding band. And he, again, he's the star of his church choir. Like, he is an amazing singer. He's not Kelly Clarkson. Like, that, you know, like, he got as far as he could go. That's awesome. He is a professional musician using his voice to earn money. But he does it in, I think he's in Georgia now? 
Virginia, somewhere. But like, he's got his family and he's got his stuff that he does and he's got his career. And that's awesome. And, you know, he does, he, he went for it. But he, it didn't, like, ruin his life when he's not, like, or at least as far as I know, he's not, like, sitting there bitter that it didn't happen. It's like, all right, cool. Now I know where I am. Let's do this. <laughs> well, and there's so many wildly talented people who, people who do have that major league talent who still don't break through because it takes also drive and luck. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm just trying to think of what would, uh... What would Angelica's path look like, do we think, if she does the thing she's scared to do? Because I think the first time she does an open mic poetry reading, doesn't matter how many linen suits she's packed, that is going to be rough. (laughs) (laughs) Well, especially someone who's who's never gotten that criticism before, and all it'll take is one guy in that crowd to, you know, not even be rude or booer. But who just doesn't pay her attention because I've been to open mics uh, and that's the problem. The problem is the people who are booing you because at least they're engaged. The problem is the people who are like almost trying to talk over you because they, they, they're not even bothered to be interested in what you're doing. And that can be really crushing. Oh, poor Angelica. Poor Angelica. Want to hear what I would do? Yes. Learn to surf. Oh. Well, Jarf, let me tell you. We can make that happen. I'm super excited. And this is coming out in March. So we're getting closer to it being possible to surf in New England without getting hypothermia. (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. I totally think we should go to Hawaii and you should learn to surf there. But, you know, plan B. (laughs) The East Coast plan. The East East Coast plan. I think that should be plan A. You think so? I, I don't think Hawaii should be plan A. Just saying no i remember sitting on a beat my theory is that everyone who goes to hawaii tries to figure out how they can stay forever and i remember sitting on a beach with only three days left in my trip being like we're supposed to go back to the island i could get a job and i could be a waitress i'm not very good at it but i'm sure maybe a bartender would be easy like i could do drafts of beer that'd be fine i know to tip the glass i'll be i'll be okay i can make enough money to get by and i ended up i was sitting there are these tables that are up at the top of the beach where they're kind of in the shade of the palm tree. And I was just like taking a break up there. And an older woman asked if I minded if she sat down on the same bench. And I was like, no, no, go ahead. She was putting her shoes back, you know, wiping the sand off her feet, putting her socks and shoes back on. And so I ended up talking to her for a couple minutes. And it was a woman from, I don't remember. Oh, no, no, she was German. She spoke very good English, though. Um, she was from Germany. Her daughter had gotten married and moved to Hawaii and she had flown out to visit and she was really excited and she was having the best trip because it was the first time she had met her grandson. Oh. And it just struck me how very far away I was from my family in Connecticut. Mm. That this one, her grandson was three years old and she was meeting him in person for the first time. And I was like, I can't stay here. (laughs) I've got to go home and like hug my mother. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, that was the, but I mean, I'm a little bit biased because I, everywhere I go, I'm like, okay, so if I lived here, what would my life be like? But I've heard that of other people saying that with Hawaii, like, oh no, it's paradise. 
everyone tries to figure out. And that's why you end up so many people. I mean, it's the tourism industry. It's waitressing and driving tour buses and you're working for tips and it's tough. But I mean, I also had a helping who did Mr. It. Brady find his plans. I think that's a big part of <laughs> I I 100% believe that that woman you talked to in Hawaii was alternate universe future tyranny <laughs> who circled back to put you on a different path. <laughs> so thank you, alternate universe future tyranny, or this conversation wouldn't have been possible. That's very true. I doubt I would be a podcaster. <laughs> yeah, and, and fake German accent. That's how come she, spe- she spoke such good English. She's just like, all right, I'm just going to say Guten Tag and Fraulein a couple times. and that'll. <laughs> I know that'll fool me. Yeah, the, the, this. Yeah, because that charity hadn't met Doris Weiss yet, so who knew? <laughs> so all she did say, said this worse, and then every now and then it's like, and 99 Luft Balloons. All right, Tina. <laughs> That's really loud. She knew I you, love that song. <laughs> she knew you better than anybody. She knew where you were at that stage in your life. You were a sunstruck New Englander in paradise, just easily duped. <laughs> Do I want. To figure out the fade to put 99 red balloons as the outro instead of Volcano. (laughs) I love that song, too. I love that song. I really love... Oh, who did the cover of it? Was it Goldfinger? Is that a band in the 90s? I mean, probably. Yeah. I I guarantee you there's at least 15 bands that went by Goldfinger at one point. No, but like... uh, All right. I gotta look it up. Yeah, Goldfinger, 99 Red Balloons. Thank you. (laughs) So, yes, that's the version I have on my phone. So, it's the one I've heard the most. Do you always do that little sound effect when you do Google searches? Because that's delightful. I mean, while podcasting, usually, actually. But not not in like my everyday life. (laughs) I'm not like on the T going to work going, oh, I should look that up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, that's funny. I'm very troubled. <laughs> I actually do add sound effects to everyday life. Nice. If I'm maybe showing one of my colleagues how to use our database, and I'll say, and then you go here onto Genome, boop, and then you <laughs> click it from the drop-down menu, boop, and, and then they look at me and I realize, oh, right, you just met me, impression management. <laughs> you know what? This is what you're in for. <laughs> Yeah, I will say it's not quite a sound effect, but I realized doing Mash Minute with Megan, Megan, who I've known for forever, she's probably always done this. She says, ta-da, a lot like, and so then, (laughs) (laughs) ta-da. It was because I edited our episodes and I just, you know, after a while you start to notice things and I was like, huh, that happened several times and I like it. (laughs) Oh, you definitely notice things. I have never been more attacked than on episode 100 of the Cosmic Geppetto podcast. Oh, boy. Where Brad made a supercut of me saying M. So mean. So very mean. (laughs) It did make me more conscious of it. I don't think it made me totally stop, but... It definitely made me notice. I, I would say that I wasn't trying to be mean about it. No, I was trying to be mean. <laughs> but what I will say my defense is I think in the same episode, I had like a supercut of me saying, you know. 
So you did, you did a, you did a parallel supercut of yourself. So fair and balanced coverage. Yeah. <laughs> if you end up uh, editing your own podcast, you will learn the things that you do that makes you hate yourself and people that you love. Yeah, it's true. It's real sad. Do you ever want to be able to edit your real life like you edit your podcasts? Yes. Right? I oh, I do. could not handle that. <laughs> I never get anything done ever again. I just got to go. I just got to wing it. See, I've, I've just started teaching myself to edit. So I'm in the honeymoon phase and I, w- I was describing that heady power of being oh. able to take your halting, awkward conversation and tighten it up. So you and people listening to this podcast are probably thinking, you call this you <laughs> sounding good. But compared to the rough cut, listeners, you have no idea. But it, uh, my wife and I came up with a theory that one version of heaven may be you looking back at tape of your own life and selecting the portions that you want to rewatch and, and editing them and tightening them up. And, and then you can take out that awkward pause and someone just laughs at your joke. And, and so you just refine it for eternity. Or maybe that's your hell. I don't know. It depends on how say, long you you've said been editing. watching tape of your life and I, my stomach actually kind of hurts now. <laughs> oh, no. Even though you were like rewatching the parts you want to and like take editing. And I was just like, I do enjoy video editing, but, but. My tummy hurts. <laughs> Let's not. <laughs> Isn't that sort of the plot of defending your life? Oh, yeah. That's exactly the plot. Yeah. A really great movie, by the way. Well, we're going to end up talking about the plot of Mannequin if we keep on this route. We're just going to keep looping around to the plots of movies, I think. Checks spreadsheet of movies by minute podcast for Mannequin Minute. Oh, God. Someone's going to do that. <laughs> It'll probably be me. <laughs> I did really love that movie as a kid. Like, inappropriately young, but loved that movie. (sighs) Sorry, I'm just thinking about it now. And, like, she's in the lingerie and the fur coat. And he's him, but she loves him. And, you know, when you're a kid, you're just like, what a lovely love story. Isn't everything great? But now as an adult, I think, whoo. Oh, Got there's a thoughts. lot of problems with with that movie. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of problems with that movie. Yeah. Hollywood? This is just an opportunity to oh. remake it and make it better. Just nah. saying. Nah. <laughs> no, don't want that. All right. Uh, from the same era, a movie that I loved even as a child and wasn't sure why, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. And that holds up a lot better. Yes, it I does. bet it does. Yeah. It's Christina Applegate good. is awesome. Christina Applegate rules in that movie. So there, there is my Wednesday wisdom. If you have not watched Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead recently, do yourself a treat. Go do that. <laughs> Did you watch Dead to Me? No, I didn't. Oh. It's that one. It's her new Netflix show. It's Christina Applegate and what is the actress name from Freaks and Geeks? She was also, she played Hawkeye's wife in the Avengers movies. Yes. Okay, you're talking to someone who did MASH Minute, so I just, like, had a mini heart attack. I was Hawkeye, too. <laughs> also, I would like to address the universe. I realize you guys talk a lot about Marvel movies, but dear Lord, when I put in MASH Hawkeye into a GIF search, I don't 
want the Avenger. <laughs> I have nothing against this character. There's some interesting stuff going on there, but I'm try I'm doing my best. Hawkeye Pierce is a name. No, I don't want to see him shooting an arrow and piercing. No, that's not what I meant. Obviously. Uh, the, the actress's name is Linda Cardellini. Yes. I you know Speaking who that of is. people that I love. This is a this is a TV show starring Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini. Yes. Yep. <gasps> and it's I about their this. friendship and the complications with it. It's really funny. It's a little bit dark. It, it is excellent. That sounds amazing. And actually, now that you say that, I think I did read the blurb about one that was coming out and say, that looks great. And then I completely forgot about it until this exact moment. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. And now I'm picturing the whole commercials with the casseroles, the whole nine yards. All right, cool. We're good. Uh, anything else? Brad, do you have anything coming up in March that you want to tell our listeners about? No, just uh, we want everyone to give a listen to the Cosby Chipetto podcast. By the time uh, this episode comes out, we'll be getting really close to our 200th episode. I don't know what we're going to do for that, but it's going to be big and it's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, give a listen. You guys really set the bar high with that 100th episode and your super Yes, cuts. I'll find something else that Jarf <laughs> does a lot and uh, make a super cut of that. Yes, take my mistakes and just mash them together into a super mistake so the, the world can... Can really understand what a bad podcaster I am. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so awesome. We got our Wednesday wisdom. It's basically Christina Applegate. <laughs> Where All to- right. So fans who are good at drawing, please now draw Christina Applegate as Athena, the goddess of wisdom. Thank you. Yes, I do want that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, We haven't asked for this in a while. We have a favor to ask you listeners. Please take a moment and rate and review Joe versus the Minute in your podcatcher of choice. I understand it helps people find the show. And more importantly, we just want to hear what you think about the show. So put it in Apple Podcasts. Tweet us what you think about the show. Just share your thoughts. And, and and we would appreciate it. Yeah, you're, you're listening to this podcast. You know how the internet works. Please do the thing. <laughs> so where to now, Tierney? Away from the things of man, of course. Away from the things of man. Which is the thing Patricia's scared of doing. We'll get there. Save it. Now I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I'm gonna go. Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler.